This is the EWN Podcast Network. If you're someone that feels like you have a lot to say, but either you're afraid to say it, or you just feel like you're not being heard, then meet Carrie MacArthur. Hi, I'm Carrie. If you have ever felt like you're invisible or that you want to be invisible, like you've lost touch with who you are, I just want you to know that I understand. I was there and I have spent the last six years of my life reconnecting to myself, my power, and my purpose. And now it is my passion to help you to dare to find your voice. So if you're ready, say I'm ready. I'm ready. Welcome. Today, I have the privilege of interviewing a beautiful person named Ashley Somics that I was introduced to actually by my daughter. So for anybody who follows me on social media, you're probably aware. And if you don't, then you're not. My daughter um, is 24 years old and was recently diagnosed with end-stage kidney failure, kidney disease, and has started at Thanksgiving time, like on her birthday, she was, she started dialysis and, um, it's been a few months and we're starting to get used to the routine a little bit. I don't know if anybody ever really gets used to it. Do you Ashley? (laughs) (laughs) No. And, um, anyway, so through that Ariel has reached out, my daughter Ariel has reached out to people online on social media she wants to just talk to people who have experienced the same thing so she can know what to expect and you know what kinds of things what kinds of options she has and things like that and she met Ashley through that um, and Ashley is um, the founder and the, the voice for Get Loud for Kidneys which is an organization that we will talk about throughout this interview um, I wanted to just read you a little bit about Ashley, and then we will just have a really fun conversation, a really powerful conversation. So Ashley was um, diagnosed with end-stage kidney disease as well when she was in junior high, and she was on dialysis for two years, and, um, and then she was able to receive a kidney transplant, and then later in life needed another kidney transplant, and from that, she said she was private about her health before and all through of her all through her life. And then when she needed a new kidney and there were no family members left, her mom had already given her her spare. <laughs> so she turned to social media and got out loud about what she needed and was able to open her eyes to the fact that she wasn't alone in her fight and that people do care about about her and about people. People care about each other and that they're, people are willing to help. So it's a beautiful mission a beautiful beautiful purpose that ashley has and so i'm going to pause really quick for a commercial break and when we come back i will introduce you to ashley do you feel like you're drowning in administrivia do you have a podcast you would like transcribed to repurpose as a blog or even a best-selling book Rhonda's virtual office is the answer to the freedom you crave so you can get busy doing what you love let Rhonda's virtual office give you the relief you need. Visit rondasvirtualoffice.com and get some peace of mind today. Rhonda's virtual office is the go-to transcription service for EWN Podcast Network. Ashley. 
Okay, Ashley, thank you so much for doing this with me and for, um, you know, being able to share your story, being willing to share your story with me and with my audience. Um, after that introduction, is there anything else that you want to share about your whole journey? Like, what was it like as a, in junior high? How did you know that you were struggling, first of all, with your health? Well, it's funny. I have this memory that stands out. I mean, I don't remember a lot because actually it started out with seizures. Um, mm. But even before that, I remember it's such a like weird memory. But I remember, you know, you had to run the mile in junior high school in PE. Yeah. And I could never keep up with my classmates. And it was so frustrating because like my mind wanted to do it, but my body couldn't. And that that idea has followed me through adulthood. Like that's that's very um you know, it helps define kidney disease. It's like your mind is there, but your body just won't keep up. Mm. And so, yeah, that's, that's what I remember most. And then just, um, you know, not being well. And, and I did have um, seizures to start out. I've heard that's a common thing that can happen with kidney patients. But um, when I finally did start dialysis, I never told my friends about it when I was in junior high school, but I would have to leave school two days a week um, early. And I remember there was this one boy that would always ask me like, what, where do you go? Where do you go when you leave, you know, early for school? I don't think I ever told him <laughs> but I remember what I told him. But yeah, those, those little like vague, you know, memories kind of stand out to me that me, me just like trying to be a normal kid, but having to go off to this place with all these adults and, and elderly people fighting for their life, you know, on dialysis. Wow. What do you think it was that um, kept you silent about it? I mean, when you're in your junior high, there's all this, you know, social stuff anyway, but do you, can you remember what it was that made you not want to speak up and tell your friends where you were going? I think it was just, I, I didn't want to be um, thought of as different, you know, and I just wanted to be a normal kid. Normal kid. <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. And that, that's a common theme, whether it's health related or whether emotional related you know we don't like to stand out we like to fit in it's just a normal you know every human being needs to know that they matter and that they you know they belong and so if we have any idea that we might be different that makes a lot of sense and I I brought that up just because no matter what it is that you know people are going through I believe that our stories build each other we help each other to see that there's there's more to life when we um are able to connect and, and to be vulnerable and to share our struggles and our strengths with each other. So I really love that. I really want, I, that was a question I wanted to ask and, and I'm glad that you reminded me of that. Um, so you're in junior high, you're in dialysis. Um, if, what kinds of aspirations did you have? What, what did you think that your dreams were? What were your dreams at that time? And were they, were they changed because of your health condition? Um, I mean, junior high, I didn't think much of, you know, what I would, what I wanted to do in life. But um, around high school, I, um, you know, would tutor kids or babysit kids. And I, I, I loved working with kids. So I knew that I wanted to go into education and teaching. So that was like my mission just to get through college to become a teacher. Um, and that's probably one of the biggest things that I've accomplished fully you know that's why it was so hard to give it up you know because I put mm -hmm. so many years and so much time into that but um honestly I wouldn't I, mean, I have no regrets I mean so much of what I learned and how much I grew in my program has helped me with Get Loud so it's, that's great. You know, it's all relative 
So um, what did you teach when you were a teacher? Uh, I taught elementary school um, uh, intervention reading. And then in junior high, I taught English, language arts, and social studies. And actually, well, maybe I'll save that for the end. Okay. Okay. Um, (laughs) Don't forget. No. Um, (laughs) So um, tell us what it was like when you when you found out that your mom could be a donor and how was that process? Um, again, it's like, I don't have a ton of memory from that time. I, I do. I mean, after the transplant, the kidney did go into, I went into rejection. Like it didn't, my body didn't accept the kidney right away. Oh, yeah. So I do remember that. I remember being in the hospital for, um, I think a good two weeks after the transplant. Um, and just having so many IVs, like I have the worst possible veins for a sick person, <laughs> you know, when you have to get your blood drawn and everything, it's like the worst possible situation. Yeah, I remember that. Um, but yeah, it was definitely a struggle. It's, it's really interesting going through it all again now as an adult and just having a totally different <laughs> and um, being able to like appreciate and empathize more uh with what my family went through you know mm. um and i think too because i'm connecting with so many people connected to kidney disease and sharing with learning their stories and sharing their stories i'm realizing like wow my family went through this you know um so yeah it's it's pretty cool to go through i mean i don't wish this on anybody i wish i didn't have to go through it but i'm you know you make the most of it <laughs> yeah i say that about a lot of things um like ariel my daughter that now has the you know the dialysis and all of that. She was she had kidney cancer when she was a baby, and that's what I tell people all the time: is I'm really grateful for what I learned. I'm really grateful for all of the blessings that we received. I would not wish it on my worst enemy, but I'm yeah. glad that we went through it now that we have because there there always is a lesson, right, in our challenges. Yeah, yeah. and I just appreciate every little thing about life so much, you know, because of what I've been through, and I've almost died a couple times, mm-hmm. and it's like I don't know. I just I'm. I'm grateful because I've made it through and I can appreciate the little things. Amazing. Have you always been grateful? Was there a time that you were maybe confused or angry or frustrated or oh, has yeah. it always been? <laughs> when I was younger um, and diagnosed, for sure, I had a lot of anger. Um, and I think I directed, as odd as it sounds, my mom was the one that saved my life with her kidney. I directed a lot of it at her. And that's still something I don't quite understand why. <laughs> that was um i mean we have a great relationship now yeah yeah i think she was just the closest one there you know to receive that frustration unfortunately but yeah i think there was a lot that i was working through um in my mind and didn't understand why it happened to me and why i had to go through that um but thankfully now i'm i'm grateful for the journey that i've been on you know and what do you think brought about the gratitude after all of the anger just going through the anger or was there more to that? Um, well, I don't think I ever, honestly, I think after my second transplant in uh, um, 2016, I finally got over it. It took mm-hmm. me that long, you know, to really like put, put at ease my emotions and realize like there's no reason to be angry. Like, you know, I'm, I have so much going for me and I think it helped. I found, um, you know, my second purpose in life was just to connect with people who are um, dealing with kidney disease and, and help them. That's amazing. Um, 
one of my my tagline of my own program, the voice program, is to connect women. But I believe anybody. Um, I'm a woman, so I, you know that's where my focus is. But connecting women to their virtue, which is basically the value of who you are, with to your identity and your gifts and your strengths and your weaknesses, even, and then to your power and to your purpose. And you've talked about you know your teaching was your purpose, and then this is your new purpose. So, do you know? Um, the process of how it, how it became well do you remember like when teaching was your purpose was that just something that was naturally in you or do you remember when you're like oh my goodness I think I want to be a teacher and tell us about that and then what it was like to lose your purpose right and then to find another one kind of a broad question <laughs> I mean honestly with um, becoming a teacher I I didn't have too many life experiences to like you know think about and like realize what I wanted to do with my life. So I started at the city, local city college um, majoring in English and then took a few education classes where I like went into the classrooms and, you know, helped. And yeah, it just made me realize that I love um, working with younger people. And I think really it's about helping others, you know, um, I think I'm somebody who just, likes to help <laughs> you know I, I I could I would give everything to everybody um, so I think that's a big part of it and I think it's why thankfully get loud for kidneys is such a good fit for me you know it's kind of just it's kind of crazy how things have happened since my transplant um, everything just seems to be you know fitting in the right mold um, but yeah I think a big part of it is that I I I feel joy when I'm helping people. And um, even though these people are like one person's in India that I talk with, she's one of our ambassadors, but then like, you know, we message each other and um, there's such kind, like impactful messages that just warms my heart. And it makes me realize like I'm helping, you know, I'm helping people get through their tough times. So I think that's ultimately what my identity is all about. What, what my purpose is. Wow. So um, when I asked the question before, you know, I was saying you lost your purpose and then you found another one. Do you feel like that is really the case or do you feel like the whole journey, like it all, you know, melts together and it's actually all one purpose with different stages or how do you feel about that? Um, I mean, it's funny because one woman um, in Texas, she donated a kidney to her father and we, you know, we're now close. She made a comment on one of my posts recently. Um, cause I, I posted something about how hard it was for me to lose my quote unquote identity as a teacher. And she was like, Oh no, this is what you're meant to be. Like, this is what you're meant to do in life. And it got me thinking like, maybe, you know, going to grad school, getting my master's, becoming a teacher, like all that, personal growth is what I needed to get to this point. Mm. Um, so I don't know. I think I've, it's like, I've always just had, um, felt like I've, you know, I want to help people. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. That's amazing. I think a lot of people have that feeling. Like I, I want to help people. It's, mm. People are amazing. Right. And most of, some of us more than others, as far as like our, calling in life or our purpose but then you know you had that inkling in you always right that you wanted to help people and then as a teacher you were able to help people and you were also able to like fine-tune like you said the personal development just from 
getting a degree and then a master's degree. And even my mom's a teacher and I've watched her. She started, you know, after I had already moved out, she started her, her education and teaching. And I've watched the process of becoming a teacher is difficult, but it's like fine tuning. So maybe it was like training for you to be able to do what it is, what you're doing now and, and really to be able to expand. And then your challenges, do you feel like your challenges have been a doorway maybe to, to the passion that you have now for helping people to, well, specifically with their kidney um, finding donors and just dealing with what they're going through? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, because I've gone through it, I feel like I can connect on a deeper level with people. Like I'm not saying that just because you haven't gone through a kidney failure or transplant or whatever, you can't, but I just, you know, there's a deeper level of connection. And um, I've said this before, but I mean, you can't understand what dialysis is like unless you've lived it. Cause it's just, it's so, it was so hard for me. I know everybody has a different experience, but it was really tough. Yeah. I have a friend who, um, he's been on dialysis for five years. And when when my daughter was diagnosed, I asked him a lot of questions. And he said, you know, the hardest thing about dialysis is it's very lonely. Yeah. You know, and that's one thing that I've noticed, you know, and, and it makes sense. I mean, it's like a part-time job. You're there saving mm -hmm. your life. For, yeah. And then recovering is another part-time job in itself from each, each treatment. So that makes a lot of sense. It's a hard journey, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you talked about you know, knowing what it's like and being able to connect people because of that brought to my mind vulnerability. So in your bio, and you talked about in the beginning, you didn't want to share your, your struggles, your, your health problems with other people. That's a level of vulnerability. In my own journey, um, that's been my power. And I had, I wanted nothing to do with vulnerability in the beginning. I'm like, don't even tell me what it means. I don't even want to go there, right? Yeah. And it's become a huge source of power for me. And it is because the more that I share all of me, my heart, you know, my joys, my passions, my struggles, my fears, my tears, um, the more people I'm able to connect with. And, and I feel like it gives, I know when I hear somebody's story, it makes me feel like I'm not alone. It makes me feel like, well, if you can do it, I can do it both. So it's, do you find that um, you've been able to tap into vulnerability through your journey and that that's been a power for you as well? Or is that something that only happened to me? <laughs> no, uh, absolutely. I mean, I still remember, I think I actually looked back because I've, you know, I've been documenting this whole journey. Um, I think it was April 2nd was the day that I quote unquote went public with my need for a donor. And I created a GoFundMe page and that was like my official cry for help. And it was so hard. I just remember sitting on the bed, like sobbing because I didn't know what to do. Like, I felt yeah. like nobody was stepping up for me. But it was like an aha moment. Like if I don't tell people how I need help, nobody's going to step up to help, you know? How can they? Um, yeah. yeah. So um, I, I wrote a GoFundMe page and it wasn't because I wanted money. <laughs> I know it's, it's a fundraising platform, but it was a way for me to get my story out to as many people as possible. So I posted on Facebook and that outpouring of support um, from friends, family and strangers, like made me realize that that was what I was meant to do. You know, it was really tough at first, um, but so worth it because I ended up finding a donor, you know, through all of it. And I got my life back in a reasonably short time. Like it, you know, I was only on dialysis nine months. Um, so going through that, 
sort of created my own mission with get loud. It's like here I'm telling people like, you got to be vulnerable. You got to get loud about your need as hard as it is. um, But this is what's going to help change your life. You know, once you tell people what you're going through and it's interesting how many people haven't told even some of their family members what they're going through. It's really interesting. um, You know, how, how secret is some people can be. I totally get it, but I'm trying to empower people to break that shell, you know, Yeah, that's great. I remember back, it's been about six years now that I like broken through my shell and nothing, you know, we can't, we can't compare, but like it wasn't health issues. It was just a lot of emotional stuckness. And I remember thinking if I were ever to get cancer or something, I wouldn't even tell my family. I would just do it. (laughs) So I get that. I get the whole, I don't want to share, but then it's the sharing again that that helps to give you your life and, and other people the opportunity to help. That was, that's really powerful. I, I didn't think I'd ever tell anybody that, but it just came up in my, in my thoughts as you were talking. Um, yeah. yeah, it's crazy, huh? Um, the crazy thing to me is just how similar we all are, actually. We're, we're so different, but we're so much the same. And that's another reason why I think sharing stories is so powerful. It just helps us to know, again, we're not in this alone. We're all in it, you know, like the high school musical. We're all in this together. <laughs> we're all in this. Yeah. Anyway, um, I had, I just want to know then, so what is it? What is Get Loud for Kidneys? What do you do in your foundation? Well, I mean, I call it kind of a social movement right now because we're not an official nonprofit, but I'm, mm-hmm. I've started the paperwork to go down that path. Um, yeah, my mission is to, to um, connect people um, who are, you know, connected to kidney disease and empower um, and inspire them to get loud about their experience. And I also kind of create little communities. Like we started a Get Loud Ambassador Program, and that's my way of trying to connect people all over the, wor- all over the world who are affected by um, kidney disease and also donors. We have some donors on in the program just so we can share each other's experiences and, and, and help you know, each other, um, create change. It's really crazy too, how much kidney disease and donation affects people. Like, I feel like more often than not, after you go through that, um, you know, you want to do something about it because you're, you're so much more aware. So that's been really cool to see. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of the, the big idea. Um, I want to do more in my local city, Santa Barbara, and I do have, I started karaoke for kidneys, which is my kind of fun way to bring people together, celebrate life and raise awareness. But I have, I have so many aspirations. Like I want to, um, you know, create more support groups. I do some work at the local dialysis center, but it's just like creating awareness. It's so crazy to me how many people don't realize how important the kidneys are um, or even that, you know, they can be living donors and save someone's life. So, um, yeah, I I just, I just want to create awareness as, as, as much as I can and have fun doing it. (laughs) Have fun doing it. That is always an important piece. Yeah. That's awesome. So you're supporting people knowing on, you know, how to keep their kidneys healthy, right? Also in, um, support for if they're going through it, like just that emotional support, that community, and then helping people with the donation aspect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, in Utah, I don't know if this is a nationwide foundation or if it's a Utah one. That's where I live. I've seen billboards that are cars for kidneys with the K, K-A-R-S, and they, people that donate their, you know, old cars to be um, used as funding for kidney support and things like that, too. So, um, yeah, maybe it's a collaboration you could, could start or something. 
yeah. So what kind of, what message would you like to, to give to anybody who's listening um, just right here on this podcast? Well, I think, you know, similar to what, what you say is like through my whole process, I've realized how important the people are like, you know, some of these organizations like to throw out statistics, but it's like, yeah, okay, that's important, but it's about the people going through the disease or the people who are choosing to donate life. Um, so I just, I think it's so important for people to share their stories, whether or not they're connected to kidney disease. It's like, it's so powerful how much, you know, just sharing your story and your um, vulnerability can, can impact others in such a, you know, magical way. <laughs> That's amazing. I know that there was somebody when um, <clears throat> I shared about Ariel, I think I shared her um, video when she was diagnosed and reaching out. And I had s- several people reach out and said, oh my goodness, I want to be tested. You know, I feel like I want to donate. But there were one or two people that said, you know, I actually had a dream a while back and I know that I'm supposed to donate a kidney to somebody. So maybe like, I'd love to be tested for your daughter, but if it's not her, I just want to know how to you know, how I can become a donor. So do you have any, um, well, how does how do people reach out to you? Give us your, your information so that people can contact you. Well, I think the most straightforward way is the website. It's www.getloudforkidneys.org. And through that, they can contact me through email or go to, you know, link to Facebook or Instagram. Um, okay. so- you had mentioned something about today, the day that this podcast released is World Kidney Day, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What can you tell us about that? I think that's so, it's, um, what do they call it? Synchron- synchronicity when something like that happens. It's meant to be. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a big day in um, kidney disease awareness. And it's a time for, you know, everybody to come together and really get loud. But it's cool this year, um, their theme is women and chronic kidney disease. So there's a lot of focus on women's health and, um, yeah, focusing on what we as women need to do to make sure our kidneys are healthy and strong. That's fantastic. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. I didn't even know there was a World Kidney Day. There's so many days that I'm not aware of, but that's one that I actually feel like I could, you know, be proud to be a part of. So I have one final question um, because I really feel, again, we were talking earlier that there's so much good in the world. People have amazing hearts and they all, we all want to do, you know, something for somebody else in one way or another. So there's a lot of that going on, and at the same time, there's a lot of um, things that go on that can cause us to forget that we're not the only good person in the world, and we're not alone. Um, so I like to connect people as well on good news. So do you have any good news in your corner of the world that you can share with the rest of us? Yeah, I'm actually, um, in a couple weeks, March 22nd and 23rd, I'm going to go back to the junior high school that I went to. Oh. And with me, we're a teacher at, um, I'm going to speak to the kids about disability and kind of share my story and um, talk about that. And then also, I'm going to hold a little workshop on um, spreading kindness because I'm a firm believer in that we need more kindness in this world. And I think if there is more kindness, you know, maybe we could have progress with um, kidney disease awareness and living donation. So we're going to write some notes, and um, it's actually called Car Window Poetry. They're um, they're kind of a social movement. So you wrote little, like, friendly poems to people, and you stick them on their, you know, car window shields. Oh, I love that. Yeah, like random acts of kindness type of thing, and just get the kids right before spring break kind of, you know, excited about, giving to other people, um, in such a simple way, you know, so I'm really excited about that. 
That is awesome. I love that. I know there's a group of youth in where I'm from that will wash people's windows while they're like parked in a parking lot and then put a little note, um, you know, hope you can, you know, help you see clearer today or something like that. So I think that's really, I love that. That's a really great idea. Um, car window poetry. I have to look that up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for um, just agreeing to meet with me and for doing this interview. I really feel like a lot of hearts are going to be touched and keep getting loud and we'll just all join forces and, you know, get loud with you. This is the EWN Podcast Network.